ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. This is our phone-in, your chance to join us and talk about what you thought about today's game. Leicester City 1, <coughs> Arsenal 3. I'm joined by my good sidekick, Trevor, and anybody else who wants to jump in the chat. There is a link scrolling down the bottom. I will also stick it in the chat as well that you can click on. If you click on that link, you can join us and say what you think about today's game. Trevor, 3-1. That's what you predicted, We're going to win the league. We're going to win the league. We're going to win the league. And now you're going to believe us. And now you're going to believe us. <laughs> I, see, I told you, Fergus, I'm always wrong. There was a bit of reverse psychology going on with my prediction, son. We're home. Man, I think that was really, that really, a really, 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 really weird game for me to watch. First of all, having three, well, two and a half beers before half past one in the afternoon is on a light breakfast. It does have an effect on a man. Um, but Pepe, William, William, two assists. Jesus. I didn't, I didn't see that coming, did you, mate? I'm over the moon with it. Don't get me wrong, but I didn't see that coming. We, no. We, we gave away the silly goal. I thought I thought what we spoke about earlier about having a solid centre half partnership that plays every game and learns how to play together. That was obvious with their goal in that Mari backed off when he didn't need to back off because he had cover behind him. Um but then after that we could have we could have got the pot, but we didn't. And in fairness to the players that we've doubted, your Pepe's and your Williams and your Louise's, exactly. they turned up, mate. They turned up, didn't they? And listen, who deserves credit for that? Is it the players or is it the um, is it the manager and his team selection? Because we did question his team selection. Yeah, uh, you might have questioned his team selection. I said it was it, it, I was giving him more time, and I'd go with whatever he selected until next Christmas, if I remember rightly, young Fergus. But. But we said we support the manager till Christmas. We didn't. We 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 said we support the manager till Christmas. We didn't uh, necessarily say we um, agreed with the team selection, did we? I don't, well, the fact of the matter is, you and Albert touched on it earlier. You don't know what he's going to do, dear Fergus. He surprises us with one or two selections every game we play, and that's why we've got to be patient with him and and just find his feet and. And and keep being patient and and hopefully these performances like today will become the norm. They could do if we play like that today. There's no reason why they shouldn't. You know, Leicester are a good side and and we've turned them over and we've turned them over well. Yeah, and and a, a team that are on really good form and we 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 spoke really highly of them uh, before before the pod uh, before the game on on, on the pre match podcast. Uh, Brendan Rodgers doing a very good job. Um, they've always won uh, six out of the last seven fixtures uh, when they come back from Europa League fixtures. Uh, Arsenal have lost six out of seven, and it looked like at, early on it looked like it was going to be seven out of seven. Um, or seven yeah. out of eight um, after uh, Europa League games. I, I'm I'm very 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 pleased. Who stood out for you then, Trev? Well, this, they all did in their own way. In, in all honesty, Fergus. Um, but obviously, the ones we mentioned already, Pepe, William, and Louise, the ones we didn't expect to perform, really turned up and joined the show. And so, of course, they're going to stand out more than those that we expect. Um, expect games a high, high level from all the time. And plus the fact, once again, when party come on, what happened when party come on? Jack, I know it was late in the game when we were already winning. Jack was a different player when party come on, you know. He lifted Xhaka and, 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 and he looked at a class above everything else. So, I, no one in particular turned out, but I'm most pleased for William. I'm most pleased for William because he has had some stick from me included and deservedly so. And today he might have just put us all in our places. And all I ask for now is consistently do it every game. Do it every game. Mm. 
Right. The idea of this show is for the people who are watching. We've got some people watching at the moment. Uh, if you would like to join in and chat to Trev and myself, well, probably more Trev than me, um, click on that link and just we'll 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 enable you you'll be able to jump on for five minutes or so and and say who you thought was the best player what you thought was um uh the how, how chuffed you were with the performance and so on um so you know apart from big in. tony big tony's not allowed on big tony can't come on he's not allowed on uh, big, big Tony, I, I, you know what? I actually, I might just, me I, I might just message Big Tony right now and say, "Come on." So I know Potsy was going to come on. He's got some stuff to sort out with a friend, and uh, there's a few others. So it, you know, it, it, it's a Saturday afternoon. It's, it's always a harder time. Mike Congalves in the chat says, "Just a thought." Shaka gets a ton of stick, even when uh, uh, Arteta rotates the squad. He's still always on the squad. What, what what's your thoughts on on? Uh, on Shaka, he, he, I wasn't happy with the Shaka El Nenny pairing, but um, we're we're not big Shaka fans. Neither well, one of us, for the reasons that nah. we go back to. But he, he had a good performance, don't you think? Yeah, he, he played all right again. Fergus, he played all right, and, and mate, me and you are of the same mind, aren't we? As you just touched on, mate, and and maybe we're wrong to have that state of mind. But after he does that, what he did last season or the season before, it, it never gets repaired with me. Call me shallow, call me an idiot, call me what you want, but it doesn't get repaired with me. So, yeah, I, I'll hold my hands up and say he looked decent, looked even more decent when, when Party come on. But then again, I think that El Nenny would have looked more decent when Party come on if they'd have took Xhaka off instead. So, yeah, but we can't knock him. Can't knock Xhaka. He's played on right today, as they all have. I mean, even Mari. Now, Mari, Fergus, his head could have yes. dropped off for that first hash, couldn't it? Because it was terrible. It wasn't. It wasn't a little hash. It was a massive error of judgment on the young lad's behalf. But he picked it up. He picked it up, and he played well after that, didn't he? As they all did, you know. So, yeah, I no complaints about our performance at all. No complaints about Arteta, and uh, let's hope we carry on for a few games and uh, get top four. Because I'd love to do that. Because it would put Potsy right in his place. <laughs> <laughs> In fairness, I watched I watched the match with uh, with Potsy and uh, some of the other guys uh, and Scunny uh, on Zoom, and a thoroughly enjoyable afternoon. It just felt like you were sitting in the pub with the with the TV on, and uh, it it was really really enjoyable just to, to sit there, have the football on in the background, having a chat with people about different bits and pieces, and then celebrating the goal together. We all uh, synced and aligned our our streams and 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 so on, which was really good. But yeah. Um, Posse still adamant we're not getting that top four. We're eight points off on the same games played as West Ham, who are on uh, 45 points. We're on 37. I still think it's a huge ask, but it's, it, you know, it's definitely on the table. You've got Chelsea, yeah. who are playing Man United later on this afternoon. Yeah, exactly, Fergus. Exactly, mate. And it's, I, I think we, They've given us false hope two or three times this season of Arsenal. And uh, so I don't want this to be false hope. If this isn't another false dawn today and we continue this form over the next three or four weeks because we've got some really important games coming up, haven't we? Then, yeah, we're in with, with a shout of fourth. But this is our last chance. It, this is mm. our last chance. One more poor performance, I think, and that, that makes it too much to do. But we're on our last leg, mate. We're on our last legs now. You know, we just have to, Mike we have to keep winning now. One more loss, and I think it's it's, uh, it's out of question. Mike Ungalvez in the chat mentions about uh, Cedric over Bellerin. Um, and we talked about, in the pre-match uh, podcast, we talked about Pepe playing. And if Pepe was playing on the right-hand side alongside Bellerin, he just seems to be absolutely awful. But he played on the right-hand side uh, with Cedric behind him, and he was outstanding. I thought he had an outstanding game overall. Uh, what did you make of Cedric's performance, and do you think he complements Pepe? Yeah, well, he certainly didn't weaken us, mate, did he, Cedric? He played in nope. his right position on the right-hand side, he's in, and, and he, he played very well, I thought. And he, we certainly didn't miss Bellerin, although I, I'm not a, I'm not a hater on Bellerin, you know, but you can't knock Cedric today. And, and maybe you're right, mate. I hadn't thought of that. Maybe that in turn improved 
fair pace for your internet is dropped out again uh and hopefully it will uh, come back up so otherwise it's just, gonna just be really a different style and type of player so yeah you could be right mate i don't know he really picked it up Oh no! Don't move! Don't Keep move! Don't move! Stay, stay where you are. It catches up. It just seems to catch up. What? So, go back to your seat. Oh <laughs> right, okay, mate. Am I here? Am I back, mate? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes what happens oh. is you freeze, and then, um, uh, then, then, then you uh, uh, catch up on us. Um, uh, who, in your view, uh, looking at the performances of Tierney, I thought was outstanding again. Cedric, I thought, had a solid performance. Um, Leno didn't have a huge amount to do. Um, Mary and Louise um, both had ricks, but both um, were uh, solid. Who would you put down as your man of the match for um, today's game then, Trev? Oh, man. I'll tell you what. I'd give it to Willian, I think. I'd think to... I think... <laughs> oh, sorry, I can't carry on now. Listen, Tony Fane, I'm on a five-minute delay. I'm struggling here. I don't need that. I'd give it to William today, man, of the match, uh, Fergus. I just think after all all the hassle he's had and all, all the grief we've given him, give it to William, uh, and, and hopefully it will lift him greatly. i tell you who wasn't man of the match, mate. No, no, trolls. No, trolls, trolls. You're speaking rubbish, son. Trolls, me and you are going to have a fallout again. <laughs> Trolls. Oh dear, oh dear. No, he wasn't man. He wasn't bad, Trolls, but he weren't man of the match. Um, you could you could argue for Pepe, but I tell you, he wasn't man of the match. Bloody Martin Keown, he was awful, wasn't he? Awful today on commentary. Oh my uh, lord. You know what? He he he's coming into a huge amount of criticism over the last couple of months. You know, we're, I think because everybody like. Football fans that go to the games, we're being forced to watch every game on TV now, uh, and it's great that we can see every game on TV. But um, yeah, you know, Karen, uh, Karen Carney, is it? And and Michael Owen, you mentioned earlier, uh, and now Martin Keown. People are saying, "Oh, they're spout crap about this, they're spout crap about that." And uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, maybe they're just being over me over media trained. Yeah. I think Keown tries to be overcautious not to back the Arsenal and ends up going the other way, Fergus. I mean, a couple of examples today, right? I mean, the co-commentator said to Martin Keown, um, both teams look very tired after Thursday. Both teams look very tired. And Keown came back with, yeah, but particularly Leicester. Why particularly Leicester? They both played on Thursday. They both had hard games on Thursday. And, they've, you know, if anything, Arsenal had the long journey back Leicester didn't and you know so and then when Tierney got his head injury at the end of the game I'll hold my hands up I shout at my own players I was shouting at Tierney get up Tierney you've not hurt your head there you know but Keown made a point of saying Tierney had hit his head but very early in the game when Evans went down with holding his head when he hadn't been touched He's uh, frozen again. Uh, people, you've got to help me out here because uh, he's he's on Steam Broadband. Um, why don't you click on the link I've just put in the chat? It's on Facebook and on YouTube. He made a case for him. Link and uh, join the show with us as well, and then you can have a talk. He's going to catch up, isn't he? So... Jesus, this is going to be hard work, people. You've got to help me out. Put your heat on, you're frozen. <laughs> it's Trevor, not Terry. <laughs> uh, people, if you want to join the show, uh, it, 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 you people make the show, you people uh, who watch the show, uh, is why we do it. Uh, click on that link that's scrolling down the bottom. It's in the chat as well. Uh, and I'll add you into it uh, while Trevor uh, sorts himself out. Looking at the game itself, uh, some of the stats on the game, uh, Arsenal had 56% uh, 56% possession and four shots on target, 11 shots on goal uh, versus three shots and eight shots uh, by Leicester. Um, a, a really, really strong performance by um, 
all the players. Uh, man of the match, uh, according to the BBC website, is probably never scrolled through. Uh, it's difficult to say, really. Um, there's so many of them in, in the high sevens. So you're looking at Pepe, who gets 7.69, William 7.3, Lacazette 7.5. Uh, and Tierney 7.8, uh, with David Luiz also getting 7.4. So, you know, quite high ratings of people on there. Um, Trevor, are you going to join us back again, or am I just going to waffle on here on my own? Uh, he's here. He's just, uh, there we go. Yet to refresh. I've, no, I've swapped over to my phone. And, and so okay. hopefully, hopefully it'll be better now. Luckily, I'm back because you were boring me to death then listening to you talking <laughs> absolute rubbish. Let me tell you. Oh, yeah. yeah don't, don't you just, don't you love Trev? <laughs> I'm not even delayed now. Look, bring on that Tony Fane. I'll sort him out, mate. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, what we go on? What, what are we talking about then? So, I'm just, um, Oh, hang on. Tony's going to set up a Just Giving page for, for Trev to get a new modem. Anybody want to donate? <laughs> I wish, yeah, well, do, do you know what? I do need a new modem because I'm just about to smash the other one into a million pieces. It's no, just... no, no, he's talking, about mode, he's talking about modem, not commodes. Oh, no, my commodes all right. It's downstairs. Next. I'm sat on it now, actually, <laughs> talking to you. Cats around my ankles, just in case. <laughs> People, if you want to join us and uh, take the piss out of Trev, please do click on the link. I'll put it in the chat again. This is my last attempt to get you guys on. Uh, there is the link at the bottom. Uh, click in, join in, have a chat with us. We've got Burnley next week. Um uh, another early kickoff on BT Sports, so you yeah. will have to listen to uh, uh, you'll have to listen to Martin Keon again. So, mm. are we are we away or at home next week, Fergus? I can't remember. Does it matter? Yeah, it does matter. Yeah, absolutely, it matters. Let's have a look. Uh, Twelve thirty. We're away, Burnley. We're Do you away, remember? Oh, oh, Two pound pint of Guinness. Yeah, what a game! What a, what a game to miss that going away to is, mate. A hey, cheapest beer of all the away circuits. Nice boozer, always a good away end. Burnley fans trying to kill you after the game in the cricket club before the game. Oh, mate, it's getting harder and harder to take missing all these yeah, games. Yeah, I know. Isn't it? I know. And, oh. and you you get a flash up on your on your memories on your phone of, of like where you were this time last year and and stuff. It's just like. Uh, Unreal, unreal. So let's have a look at what's happening with other scores at the minute. It's torture, uh, mate. It's torture. That don't mention that like the road because they've. I think they're winning, aren't they? Uh, yeah, uh, unfortunately they are. So we, we yeah. won't worry about other scores. Uh, so yeah. yeah. So do you reckon we're going to get let in for that last game at Brighton, then, mate? At home to Brighton. Do you reckon it's on? Yeah. Well, well. It, it, look, if 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 the timeline goes the way it's meant to go, uh, we should be back into the stadiums. Uh, after the 12th of May. Um, uh, so our, I think it's the 16th of May. So um, the, the 17th, we're away to Palace. So Palace will get into that game. And then the yeah. following game is the last game of the season, which is the uh, Brighton game. And yeah. there will be up to 10,000 uh, fans uh, allowed into the stadium and 30,000 unhappy fans outside in all the pubs. Yeah. Yeah, and, and do you know what? I heard some, I saw someone say the other day, um, uh, what does it matter about letting fans in? It's the last game of the season. What does it matter? Well, you should be ashamed of yourselves if you take that approach. If you're a football fan, you want to go to every game. I'm praying that we're allowed in for the last game of the season against Brighton. Not just for the football. Actually, football will probably take second place on the occasion to to make, meeting up and, and, and having beers with my friends and, and getting back into to the normal flow of things and being skint when I bought Fergus loads of beer, you know, because he don't stand his round and things like that. We want to be back in there as soon as possible. We want some normality, you know, and I can't wait to get back down there, Fergus. If, if there's 10,000 of us loud in, then then we'll then 10,000 of us will get in and the rest of us, we can all pal up and meet up around the ground, mate, you know, and if I get in and you don't, I'll video you from inside the ground to do your editing, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> you won't get any signal. You won't get any signal. You know what it's like. <laughs> yeah. Well, mind you, you might do with only, only 10,000 in there, mate. You know, that, that is that is true. That one is true. Six, uh, 
but you you talk about uh, people saying about fans don't matter and so on. BT have actually done um, BT Sports have actually done a, a film, a documentary, and it's called Hours, um, and it's all about. I think they they they, they look at Bury FC, and yeah. they just look like the importance of fans in stadiums and the, what they make a difference. We've seen for the last twelve months, footballers. Uh, I think the footballers have type of got used to it, but it, it, it's much more a sterile um, sport since yeah. si- since the fans haven't been there. Um, I was fortunate enough to get into the Rapid Vienna game uh, where 2,000 fans were getting in. The first three, five minutes was fantastic. We were singing. We made more noise with 2,000 of us than uh, the 60,000 do normally in the stadium. But then the stewards got over overzealous and shut us right down. So uh, yeah. I just hope if there is 10,000 in there that they allow us to you know enjoy ourselves if we have to socially distance fine but leave us let us stand let us sing the to be real fans be... Fergus. let us be real yes. fans you yes know? yes we're not all yeah. these we're not all these like club level and executive level people who who really just go to the to the game for to, to put in an appearance to say yeah i actually went to the football but you know i i had a I've told you this before, Fergus. This is the difference between us and and real fans, mate. I was I got invited into an executive box a couple of seasons ago, and 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 I accepted the invitation. And at half time, Dennis Bergkamp was on a field talking. Deep in Dennis Bergkamp, our Dennis Bergkamp was on a field talking. So I came out of the box and leant on the on the, on the on the railings to listen to Dennis Bergkamp. And I looked around the whole of that executive box level. And no exaggeration, Fergus, there were two people out of all them hundreds of boxes, there were two people out listening to Dennis Bergkamp, me and my mate Terry. And it was it was embarrassing. People were in this executive box knobbing down their cucumber sandwiches, looking at me like I was an idiot because I wanted to be out on the balcony watching one of my heroes. So it's all, we don't want to be like that. We want to be the real fans that we are. And if they let us back in, yeah, let us stand up, let us sing and shout, give us a bit of leeway. I know you've got to be... You've got to be strict on the, on this COVID thing, mm. but you've also, if you're going to let fans in, you've got to let fans be fans, you know. Mm. Listen, uh, I'm going to put the link up in the chat again. Uh, we have somebody who's joining us, uh, a good friend of the show, uh, oh, Big no, Steve. You're all right. Yeah, he, he was getting a bit worried there for a second. He thought he was going to get bullied by Tony. Um, Big Steve is joining the show. Steve, how are you doing? Uh, what did you make of that? Was that a surprise? Uh, I'm good. I'm well. I had a little uh, bout of cellulitis the other day, so I was up the hospital. But um, I'm all good over that. Just on antibiotics now. Um, yeah, I'm very surprised. I really the, the first the after the first goal, I just thought, oh, this is going to be a typical Arsenal Leicester. It's, it's probably going to be. You know, I th- I thought we'd score, but I thought they were going to really come at us. Um, yeah, just uh, overall, just really, really composed performance by us, I thought, apart from the start in 10 minutes. Um, William, you know, as I come on and said after the Benfica game, if he's going to do that, if he's going to come on the pitch and play like that, then he is more than welcome to do so. Like, we haven't seen it for months and months. I've got I've got my nephew here with me. <laughs> Hello, he's, mate. He's in the childcare <laughs> bubble, so he's he's stayed round. Um, listen, um, you carry on with Call of Duty. Yeah, I I really enjoyed <laughs> I really enjoyed watching the game. Um, Steve, I've got the up with you. What? Why you got the up with me, Trent? You know, you know why I've got the up with you, pal. Because we were talking during the game, and you, when we got our penalty, you said to me, "Never a penalty." No, 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 I did not say it wasn't a penalty. I said they wouldn't give it. I said they're not giving that. They're not going to give it simply because these referees and this VAR has always this season seems to always find a way to do us over. Right. I asked in another group chat about the rules on the penalty, the first penalty. Apparently, if the player is on the line, if the if the foul is taken, if the foul is initiated when the player is on the line, it's a penalty. I wasn't sure whether it was on the line or outside the line, what the rules were, because they're different in football and rugby. Yeah. But um, no penalty. I thought the first one should have been. Pepe was on the line. Doesn't matter where and Diddy was, 
but Pepe had his foot on the line when he went over. Therefore, it's a penalty. VAR said otherwise. And then the fact that the second penalty should have been called clear as day as it happened. How the ref missed that and didn't call it, I don't know. But he went over, went over to, to obviously went to VAR. And then as soon as he went over to the monitor, I thought he's not giving this. He's going to find something and he ain't going to give it. But it was given. So, you know. See, I thought VAR, VAR didn't work too badly today, mate, to be honest. I, I could see a case for saying the first one was outside the box, although it annoyed me greatly. And I agree with you about him not spotting that handball. Oh, he's back. Look. Yeah, should, I should agree have been with him not spotting that handball straight away. But I'll tell you what, Steve, what did make me laugh is they have this Peter Walton on BT, didn't they? And he talks all seriously like he knows best and like no one can talk, tell him differently. No, he knows best because he's a referee. Peter Walton, we don't, we know what referees are like. We don't want to listen to you. We is, know right? you're just talking up bullcrap, Peter Walton. We, we don't is want it? to listen to you. We don't want to listen to referees full stop. We want you out of the game. I want it all electronical. I, do. I don't even want to see a referee on the field anymore. No. Get rid of referees Which... completely. Let them just kick each other around the park. Last man standing wins the game. That'll do for me. Anyway, on, 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 on that, um, and we talked about Lee Mason earlier today, um, but... The, the the referee, I can't remember what his name was, but I, I thought he, he refereed quite well. Uh, there were some very contentious and difficult decisions in the sense of there was a first penalty claim, which he gave and VAR over, overrode um, because it was just slightly outside the box and uh, it was given as a free kick. And then there was the second penalty, which was the handball with the guy on, his, on the line. Very, very minute differences between the two. But Steve, what did, what did you make of those two decisions? Um, I thought I thought the second one was spot on. I thought the first one, Pepe went down when Pepe was on the line. As I say, it, it's so if if the if the rule is if the if the rule is that it's on the line, it's a penalty. Should have been a penalty. Doesn't matter where and Diddy is, because and Diddy made the contact when Pepe was on the line. Surely you should be ruling it by Pepe and not and Diddy. Pepe is the man that's gone down, and Diddy's made the challenge outside the box. That shouldn't make a difference. Um, I'll have to watch it again a couple of times. I did watch it back at half time and I was just I was baffled by it because if, if the rule says the line, then it's a penalty. Because I think I, I, I think the, the thing is the referee and on, on the 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 free kick outside the box, um the referee blew his whistle for the infringement that was um on Pepe's foot, and I thought they were looking to see if the guy had made contact with the ball over the over the foot, but he didn't. He made contact with the foot, and that was inside or on the line inside the area. Yeah, so that Pepe should have been given as a penalty. Yeah, the the referee was blowing for that, but yet again, VAR judged on the slight infringement before that took place. And and this is the question which on the Zoom chat we were doing, uh, we were having a debate about who's in charge. Is the referee mm -hmm. in charge or is VAR in charge? Well, according, according to uh, Trev's pal, Peter Walton, VAR isn't uh. in charge. VAR is not there to make a correct decision. You know, what 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 is this, you know, what is this guy talking about? Because BT Sport, you know, as a broadcaster, if you're gonna get an expert on to talk to the masses and tell the masses what is supposed mm -hmm. to be, then at least have a clue about what you what you're saying. Because fans, fans are hearing one thing from this person. They're hearing one thing from statements that are issued from the FA. They're hearing another thing from from everybody else. Hearing another thing from the the actual referee that's on the pitch. I I I don't I don't get it. And and we keep having this conversation every week because the the state of referees and officiating in this country is such a mess. And there is three or four different. Different opinions, Steve. different variations of what happens in every game, and it's. Steve, you know, do you know what? Do you know what, Steve? I honestly think the BT Sport have these referees on for entertainment value, not because <laughs> I think there's any value to what they're going to say, or <laughs> or that they're actually going to going to say anything that we want to listen to. They, I think BT Sport might just be using these referees because they're idiots, and they, it's entertainment value. I mean, mm -hmm. Peter Walton's tone, the way he, the way he talks, is like. You're never gonna, you're never ever gonna have an argument against me. You're never gonna convince me that I'm wrong. I'm a referee, and I'm always right. I'm never wrong. Yeah. 
And if you don't like what I say or do, then go and see my boss, who mm-hmm. happens to be another referee, who always think I'm right and never think I'm wrong. And if you don't but, think my boss is right, then go to the very top, who happens to be another referee, mm-hmm. who's one of the most incompetent ever, and and and, and yeah. will never say I'm wrong. So they're under no pressure to perform, you know. And and, and so I think BT Sport have them on for entertainment value. I mean, I laugh. I do laugh. when they, As soon as I say to Peter Walton, I start laughing. Not because Just, of anything he's anything I used, I used to, laugh, apart from the fact that he's a knob. You know? I I used to like when they went to Holsley, was it? He he seemed a bit more like one of us and a football fan and Tupper understood football a little bit more. This Peter Walton, I don't even remember him refereeing a game. That's, that's what I was just about to ask. Who 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 is he? Was he a ref in the early noughties when I wasn't that, you know, into football? Who who is this guy? He just seems know. to be a guy that's just popped up out of nowhere. Keith Ackett's worth having a look at on Twitter. He says it how it is, in fairness. Keith Ackett for an ex-rev. He says it how it is on Twitter. I see but, today, I, I popped, a, popped a thing in one of the group chats that Lee Mason was supposed to be fourth official with Liverpool today, and now he's out due to injury. Like, who yeah, the, believe in that? Who is believing that? <laughs> think, if he has been told from those higher up, look, you were wrong yesterday, go home, take the weekend off, you're not fit to ref, sort your head out. Why isn't that being, you know, like when a player is fined, like when a manager is fined, why are these referees wrapped in cotton wool and protected like they are? You know, I don't condone death threats and violent threats and everything else, but the whole Mike Dean thing, right, everyone everyone turned from absolutely hating the man to, oh, poor Mike Dean, poor Mike Dean, and everyone from above is saying, you know, saying their bit and, and okay fair enough you don't condone that sort of behavior but at the same time this is a guy that's not done his job properly for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and he seems to be completely you know oh you can't criticize him in in the same way you do the players it's not his fault well it is his fault because it, it's his decisions that affect games yeah right let's, let's, talk, phone... let's talk about let's talk about Arsenal. Let's talk about some. Let's talk because referees are going to depress me. Look at that table, Trev. Look at the table. table is currently not correct, Fergus. <laughs> That's a live table at the minute. Um, yeah, well, the live. T- no, it ain't because it, it, Tottenham are only three 0 So if that's a live table, yes, already three nil. Yeah, yeah that is that is a live table. That's live. It's live stream from BBC right now. Uh, Tottenham have gone up to eighth. We're back down in tenth, uh, but we still are uh, oh. only uh, eight points away from top four. Uh, first objective for me this season is uh, finishing above those people who are in eighth currently, um, and then second objective is to get into that top four. Um, would you and we, we we've took uh, touched on this before, Trev? Would you would you settle for a tenth finish if we didn't have Europa League? Um, no, no, tenth isn't acceptable for Arsenal Football Club, Fergus. Tenth place isn't acceptable to a club of our stature and our and 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 who we are. Um, if we finish tenth, then it'll be an unacceptable finish to the season. If we finish tenth and win the Europa League. It'll be fantastic to win the Europa League. No one would be more pleased mm-hmm. than me, but it'll still be unacceptable. A club of our stature and outstanding should not be finishing 10th in the league. We should be looking to put that right as soon as possible. We shouldn't have clubs that are nowhere near in, in our standing finishing above us. It's not our God-given right to finish at, at the top of the league, but it is. it should be our aim to finish top of the league. And so it wouldn't be acceptable. Not in the slightest would 10th finish be acceptable. No way. Nah. Trev, um, just, a, just a question off topic. I've just had my mum ask me a question. She was a big Charlie George fan when she was a young girl. Um, yeah. who, she, she wants to know who you reckon Charlie George compares to in today's squad. Who do you reckon sort of most most like? Oh, my good Lord. I, I don't think that... You see, Charlie George, right, was an Islington boy. Who before he mm. played for Arsenal went to watch us. When he, he, he actually stood on the terraces, oh man, away, Charlie George, and and so he was a supporter. And what made him our hero in them days was was not so much his football ability, Steve. It was the fact that he was one of us. He was doing what we all dreamed of doing. Yeah, yeah? 
he was doing what we all dreamed of doing and yeah. and he was one of us and and he didn't mind who he fell out with because he was a lad you know yeah. and and that's why he got sold by arsenal in the end because bertie me couldn't get on with him you know mm. bertie B, me couldn't handle him so i don't I don't, know, I don't think there is a comparison with anyone. The, the only person that appears to me to play for a club, anything like Charlie did, then it would be the young boy Saka because you know. Oh, I was you, thinking Smith Rowe or Saka. You can you can see that the lad in Saka. You read read Saka's Twitter feed, right? Yeah, and yeah, he's yeah. passionate about not only football but the team he plays for. Steve, he's passionate about the Arsenal and. And, and if we play bad, he apologises to the fans. And, and so probably Saka, mm. but anybody else now, I don't think they make him like that it, anymore, it, mate. Isn't that really refreshing to see a young guy who's 19 years of age to understand what it means to us all codgers and young people and mm. people of all ages, what it actually means to be a supporter and a follower of a football club? Well, that, that, that's, that's one of the reasons Rockies love so much, isn't it? Really? Yeah, you, you, you know, you see, it's it's so good when you when you see when you see a player that's not only come through an academy because as well with with the way the academy system work these days, you have players that are, you know born up as brought up as Chelsea fans or West Ham fans or Ipswich fans, whatever, that then get scouted by a big club like Arsenal. And even though they've come through the academy, they've not you know they spent the first seven eight. 10, 12 years of their life supporting and, and loving another club, having posters of other players on their walls, and then they grow to become an Arsenal player and come through the academy. Whereas I think players like your Willock, your Smith Rowe, your, your Saka, they're out and out Arsenal fans as well. Yeah. You, you see, the thing is, right, the, the thing is as well, Stephen, talking about fans, right, it, the, Arsenal. Arsenal don't need me to go to a football game, right? As a person, as a singular person. If I don't take up my season next season, I don't know, there's 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80,000 people on the waiting list that are going to jump straight in my boots. Exactly. Right? Same with all these silver members that they've just stitched up. If, if, if yeah. half the silver members don't don't take up their silver membership next season because they're fed up with not getting their money back, and rightfully so, if the people in charge of our football club now don't care because they know that there's another 20, 30, 40,000 people waiting to jump straight in their shoes, you know? Exactly, they, exactly. And you, the, the point you were making... They think they're untouchable. Of... They think they're untouchable, Stevie, the Arsenal. They think we're always going to go. And unfortunately, we will always go, you know? I, I don't know what stops us going. Now, the point, the point you made about the um, about the club level... Two, and, two and seconds, like. Two, two, two seconds, lads. Last chance for anybody who does want to do what Steve did. Click on the link in the chat if you want to join the show and have your say. It's easy enough done. You just click on the link and it does everything else. Um, join join in us. Um, what I was going to ask um, on the Leicester game was David Louise. He, you know, he he he's heavily criticised as Bobo the Clown and, you know, Sideshow Bob and whatever whatever else you want to call him. Uh, but great header for that first goal, don't you think, Steve? Fantastic. I, I was I was so tough for that first goal, not only for the header, the fact that it was David Louise, the ball in from Willian. The ball in from Willian. Like, we've seen him put so many, so many balls well over, out of play, you know, in, in recent weeks, recent months. Or <laughs> apart from the Fulham game, um, that have just gone nowhere, and he played a few uh, on one of the group chats. Someone he he, he did make a dud a dud uh, set piece. I think as soon as they took Pepe off the set piece, he he jumped on one, and it was it wasn't great. And everyone's jumping down his throat, and it's like it's his first set piece. He's not done anything. He also scored, you know. He also put the ball in for for David Luiz, and yeah, I you know I, I've. You've got to commend David Luiz. He was great at both ends today. Um, and, Tre and Trev, it, it, it's just a surreal game. One, the result, 3-1 to Arsenal. Uh, we didn't think... Uh, I, I, I think Albert predicted a, a draw uh, and I predicted a narrow victory, but a convincing win against Leicester, the way we are in the, in, in the league and the way Leicester are in the league. Was was a bit of a you know a really weird thing, but also the players we're talking about: David Luiz, mm -hmm. Pepe, 
Willian. You know, these are all players yeah. that we all you jump on Twitter, you jump on uh, Facebook, jump on various forums, and they're the ones that everyone is just slagging off left, right, and centre. Absolutely, Fergus. And absolutely. And I was the uh, I was the biggest culprit for that today. I was one of the biggest culprits for that today. I, I thought that Leicester had been a better side than us all season. Leicester have been performing better side, better than us. I thought they had better players than us in most positions on the field. And then when I saw the side, the first thing that came to my mind was, where does the creativity come from today? Where does the transition mm. come from today? Because you've got El Elneny, Xhaka and Louise down the middle. You've got Pepe and William on the flanks. And you've got Alba up front, who, who, who hadn't been scoring. Uh, excuse me, Lacker up front will run around but don't score many goals. And I looked at them people and I thought, I can't see where the creativity comes from. I can't see where the creation of goal-scoring chances comes from with that side. And thankfully, Fergus, thankfully, and there's a lot more people should be doing it as well. I'm man enough to say they proved me wrong. Absolutely, they proved me wrong. Because after the goal that, that, that we, we unfortunately let in when young Mari made his mistake, we didn't really put a foot wrong. We looked a better side all game. I think yeah. Leicester dropped a bit of a... Leicester made a bit of a mistake in that they didn't press us in the first half. They didn't press us as high as I thought they would. They attempted to do it after half-time, but I think once the injury came, they were shot from that perspective. But yeah, we owe these players an apology, us fans, us social media warriors and, and everything that we are, you know. I know we do it differently, us boys. We do it politely. We're not, we don't wish them harm. But we did have a go at them all. And I certainly didn't know how we were going to create one goal-scoring chance today, let alone three. And then boys have played really well. And they've proved me wrong. And I'm happy to say that. And all I ask of them is they continue to do it, mate. Continue to do it on a more regular basis. Yeah. Do we, um, do we uh, as fans, we owe them an apology for, for questioning them at the start, considering the performances of late? I mean, I get your, I get your point, but throwing a throwing a counter spin on that you know th these are players that have been underperforming and have been and, I, I think the a, I think the average out. fan the average fan probably doesn't owe them an apology but your social I, media fan uh the ones that are threatening to uh, yeah that's that's just, kids with cancer and wives to die and uh, you know I, I yeah and you know you, you've got to say and even Jacker in the past you know you guys touched on it earlier on. I, I think you've got to give credit where it's due. And too, I, I get that there are too many fans that will not. You know, there will still be people, even after a very good game today, going, yeah, but William's been shit for months. Get him out of the club, blah. It's like, okay, fair enough. You're not wrong, but take it from what it is today. And he, he was bloody mm. good today. And and same with David Louise and... So, so yeah, I think that there's different ways to take it, but I, I, I get exactly what you're saying. Did, did, did anybody hear the talking about William and talking about social media and talking about uh, baiting and and berating uh, fans? Did anybody hear that comment? I haven't, uh, but I heard it in a chat I was having this afternoon that uh, William made a statement saying he wished he stayed at Chelsea. I, I, I think I think what it was I, I've read some quotes and yeah he he said it's not you know it's it's it wasn't hidden that he wanted to stay at Chelsea um I think that was that was what I saw the quote was that he said it wasn't you know it's not hidden that I wanted to stay at Chelsea and we all knew that when he came we knew that he, he just wanted a three-year deal there didn't he yeah, that was all. yeah and and the thing is though how many players how many players does that happen to anyway? Like, it's not, you know, I, I see some replies, you know, oh, well, if you wanted to stay at Chelsea, get the F out of our club, do, you know, all getting Williams back. And it's like, how many players are forced to transfer? You know, in this day and age, players are not, players don't dictate what they want to do all the time. You know, mm. managers say, look, you're not part of my plans. We're not going to offer you a deal. Find yourself another club. And so I think I think it's it's context, isn't it? It's context. I think, I think, basically. It's, it, I yeah. think it's absolutely taken out of context. Um, Trevor, so many people uh, Trevor, do now. Trevor, a, a final question for you, Trevor. Unless you've got anything to add on that, the, the, the final question uh, I was going to touch on was Abamyang when he came on for Lacazette. I yeah. uh, recall looking at him, and he just he looks a shadow of himself. He he, he doesn't. He doesn't look like a happy man at the minute. Do you think, Trev? 
he certainly doesn't look the, the man he did, does he? You know, uh, in his earlier career with Arsenal, all this season is 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 appeared to me to be to be that he's got the look of a worried man, Fergus. And we've got you know anything we say would purely be speculation, and, yep. and so I'm I'm very cautious of that, my friend. Very cautious of that. But you know, he's, he's not the pro he was. All I will say on that matter, Fergus, is that I hope whatever it is sorts itself out soon. And that he looks, he looks, uh, you know, the man he did, and he, he looks his happy-go-lucky, friendly, free goal scoring self. Because I know he's, he's scored a few goals recently, but he still don't look right, does he? He still doesn't look right. He, he, there's something not quite right there with him, and um, and I just hope that he gets it sorted and uh, gets himself whatever he needs to do, gets it done, and and we move on with a better Albania. He's got two years left on his contract, hasn't he? So. We want two more good years out of the lad. He almost nicked one today, didn't he? He was only only an inch or so out, cut inside on his on his on his right foot. And... Yeah, but that that's been the story of his season, isn't it? Really, <laughs> yeah, in fairness. True. So, yeah. listen, that, um, la- last thing. Missing... Sorry, Fergie. Sorry. Who, Fergie. Who, who do you go with at the back? Do you go with Gabriel uh, or Mary? Do you do Louise or Holding? Who have we got next? It, it, it's it's a great choice. Oh, well, we got Burnley next, but um, it's a it's a great choice and a great conundrum to be in that we've got four half decent centre halves. I think for me against Burnley, I would like to see if he's fit. I'd like to see Holden and Murray, um, and I'd like to see Cedric. I I think against Burnley, they're big they're big buggers. So I think having a Holden Holden and a Murray Holden because he's physical. If he's if he's on his man, he's he's got strength to, to get him away. And Mary has got that little turn of pace, and he's good in the air. Mm. Um, I would go. I would like to see Holden and Mary. However, very good point that Trev always makes is your combination. You know, keeping combinations. Today, I think I think Gabriel and uh, not Gabriel, uh, Mary and and Louise played well together. Louise and Gabriel have played well together. So. I would, yeah, I would like to see Holden and Mary. I just think there's a very nice balance there: right-footed, left-footed, good in the air, strong. Um, and I'd and I'd keep Cedric at right back. I think he's he he did a job for the most part when he was playing at left back, and he's been super solid at right back. And I think having Gabriel, uh, oh, having Cedric next to uh, Holden, who is a little bit better defensively and sort of tames when he comes and goes, I would prefer that just so Bellerin's not exposing Holden. Just to confirm, Steve, that's a Cedric that everyone on Twitter was going, what have we done and spent all that money on this player for? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just, just checking. <laughs> yeah, mate, honestly, I, I said it at the time, five million for, uh, okay, it's a lot for a loan fee, but if we would have then gone out in that January and spent 12, 13, 14 million, 100 grand a week on a player that in, within six months we've gone, oh God, he's a bit shit, what do we do now? You know, getting mm. another Kalasinac type player, you you you, you question you question the 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 buy, you know. So if that loan fee, you know, the five million, if after those six months we said he's not quite good enough, he's only cost us five million in wages and, and loan fee. That was it, five million. You know, and as it's happened, he was decent enough when he played for us in those six months. We've signed him on a free, good bit of business, solid bit of yes. business. Yeah, and I don't think he's on a silly wage either. No, I think he's no, been, he's not. I think he's about seventy know, grand a week. I don't oh, think he's old. even on that much, but yeah. But is that old? Listen, oh, Jesus, I feel sorry for him. I, I wouldn't mind half of it. Yeah, <laughs> look, I'll, I'll take that a year. <laughs> I think that I think that in my head now, I think Arteta. Basic though, obviously. Arteta's favorite centre half is Louise. I think, right. Yeah, I think Arteta's favourite centre half is Louise. I think if Louise is fit or not suspended, then I think he'll play him. Now, if the Louise plays like he did today, you can't make an argument against that because he was solid as a rock, scored a good goal against United we all, as well. Yeah, we all have a, a, a centre half that gets forward and scores as goals, so you can't argue against that. I think I think he's going to play one of them three around Louise. And I don't mind that. Play one of the three, but make it a regular pairing. I'm not going to rant on about it anymore. Make it a regular partner. So because what happened with the goal today, it was clear that Mari didn't know what was going on behind him. Mari didn't know what was going on behind him. And so he didn't attack the ball like he should have done. 
Bye, bye. If a, if a, a, a centre half pairing that plays together every week knows what's happening there. They talk better and and they defend and, that uh, better, and they don't score their goal, Leicester. And 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 Trev, but bar concussion rulings, I think um, Rob Holding would have started. I think he's. Him and Shaq are probably first on the team list. Uh, him, Shaq and Leno are the first three on the team list uh, for um, Arteta at the moment. Do you think uh, that's... so, mate? That's yeah, I do. I yeah, do. Not, nece- not necessarily because of the best players, but I think they, uh, what you talk about consistency and so on, it seems Rob Holding seems to be the man in in the, as a centre-half, the main centre-half. And then it's the pairing alongside him depend- depending on fitness. And the, the, I think we've got a, a slight issue in the sense that Gabrielle and Mary are both very, very good. Louise is there for other reasons, more pastoral reasons and stuff like that, in my view. Um, but Gabrielle and Mary are there. And it's just which one's going to get to the, the top first, you know? Um, Listen, we can go on for hours. We could go on for hours and hours. This is this. Uh, I tell you what, I'm I'm glad my daughter's here. She's over from Germany. Um, but uh, it's just well, she is here. She's she's pampering my wife and doing all her makeup and all that sort of stuff. I've had a whole morning of talking with you guys about football on a Zoom chat and watching the football. Arsenal have won yeah. totally against the odds, and you know. My weekend isn't isn't uh, my Sunday isn't ruined. I'm going to get a good uh, takeaway tonight. Playing on What's a that? Early, it feels weird playing early on a Sunday, getting a good result. I mean, up here the sun's shining. I'm not a fan of the sun really, <laughs> but it's we can see that, Steve. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> feels... Sorry, I know it. It feels good. Like yes, it's, so, it's weird. Weird. The most, weird the most important thing now. Is that we, the most important thing for me now? Is that, and we, we have touched on it, but not specifically. Is that today we've not just seen one player improve today, we've seen three or four players within our team all improve on the same day. They've all looked completely different and better players. It is absolutely vital now that we carry that form forward, carry it forward into next week at Burnley, and then I think we've got. Chelsea, Man United, and Tottenham. Have we something like that? We've got a right run of games. Mm. Come out the upper end of them games with, you know, say, I don't know, if there's 15 points available, come out of them games with 12 points and we're on the go. We're going. But I'm just praying it's not another full storm, you know. We've had too many of them, yeah. too many full storms. Let's take it forward now and build on it. And uh, so yeah, looking, I'm, I'm looking, put, look, by the way, I'm going to put it Looking at Arsenal. Looking at Arsenal, the fixtures we got. Burnley, Olympiacos, Tottenham, Olympiacos, and West Ham in March. So we've got two derbies and two Europa Leagues and the Burnley game. The Burnley game is an early kickoff. Uh, we've got a full week to recover. Um, I'm not discounting Burnley, but you know we went up there the last time and it was it was Gwendozi's rugby uh, uh, rugby sort of thing with chucking, uh, insinuating their rugby team. Um, but uh, it was it was a dull. It was a great game for us, but uh, it was it not a great game uh, of football? It was it was just a good day out for us. And then you go into April. We've got Liverpool at home, Sheffield away, Fulham at home, and Everton. So if we can get through March and maybe that Easter game around uh, against Liverpool, we're in a strong position if we can get some good points out of there. I think it's really important the two London derbies and the Liverpool game. If we can get positive results out of those. Um, the others will probably come. Uh, then end of May is Newcastle uh, away, West Brom, uh, Chelsea, Palace and Brighton. So, you know, we've got three, four tough games, four really tough games in the sense that the two derbies, uh, Chelsea and Liverpool ahead of us. So I think we're, you know, with a careful, bit of luck, we're in a good folks. position. <laughs> Careful, yeah, I'll, I'll be, I will be careful. I will be careful. But you know, you know where I'm. You know, you know where I'm coming from. As he yeah. says, we need consistency moving forward. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Today, today made me think further, and I think it even made others who have been and not on 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 this show think further about trusting the process and giving the team the manager. Uh, maybe the, the the regime 
a little bit longer to to do what they're doing because after 22 years of one man in charge it is going to take a while mm -hmm. yeah absolutely is mate absolutely is yes you've nailed it there we 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 just just got to stick stick with it now you know games like today give you this lovely warm feeling of improvement you know and uh mm. We we just gotta hope that we keep that feeling now for the rest of the season. And you're right. And then you get first. games like the ones at home against Wolves, Villa, uh, Palace, which give you that shitty feeling. So you know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They're exactly. The what ifs, aren't they? They're the what if games. Yeah. You yep. look back yeah. after yep. the results today and go, what if we would have picked up those three points there? Look how much closer we would have been. And it as a as an Arsenal fan, it's a story of our you know it's the story of our season for the last four or five years. Um. Yeah, I think. But you, 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 you know what? As a, as a young Arsenal fan, and and I'm going to do this as as the end. Can you remember? We're, that? we're going to hit an hour. As a young Arsenal fan, this is probably a really good grounding. I, I, I was fortunate enough when I started following Arsenal. Arsenal were at the beginning of their curve. I was in uh, Bruce Rioch and George Graham's era because I would lived in Ireland and stuff. So I, I saw not rough times, but growing times. Um, Trevor's seen all sorts, but you as a young a young fella, you've just seen the great, uh, and now you're seeing some of the crap, and it's a test to see if somebody's a a, a, a true fan rather than just a warrior. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, see, this is why I feel for the young lads, Fergus, like Dan and Steve, and and, and well, and not so much because. <laughs> Because they've only ever known the success, mate. They've only ever known the success. This is a whole new experience for them. And um, it's not pleasant. It's not I pleasant. Know, I, was, I was only 10. I was only, so I wasn't even 10 when the Invincibles happened. So, I, I've, mate, I've gone 17 years with a, with a lot of crap. You know, I'm not. Uh, so, yeah, I'm but, not so, I mean, but hang on, hang, hang on. Off those 17 years, 15 of them are Champions League football. Yeah, 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 Champions League fo football drubbins for a lot of it. As soon as we get to the, yeah. you know, Listen, so, mate. But, but I'm, I'm, I'm on the, you know, I'm in the camp. You know, I won't touch on it too much, but I'm in the camp that, obviously, for a lot of a lot of the slightly older fans, your Mannies, your Dan, your your Scunnies, you know, those Emirates years are looked upon as absolute stale rubbish. For me, I see it as like. You know, and I said it at the time, I don't think many other managers could have got the results, the top four football, the Champions League football for many years that Arsene Wenger did. And apart from his past three or four years, I still thank that man and still hold that man in very high regard because I think now we see with the fact that Leicester, Villa, City, um, you know, United, you know, these teams that drop out of the top four for a couple of seasons, they now know how important it is to be there. And so I go, well, actually, we were doing that every year with squads full of Abue and Squalachi and Vermaelen and we did, We did, and... but, but, but also there wasn't as much money floating around in the Premier League as there is now. You didn't yeah, have... Exactly. You didn't have Aries so owning Man yeah, City. You didn't exactly. have... Exactly. You know, the, the, the first didn't... one to come in was, was, was yeah. uh, Abramovich. And he came yep. in, and then okay, United have always been there. Whoever owned them, Liverpool have always been there. Whoever owned them, but see, the first he, ones to come and challenge was uh, was uh, Chelsea. Fergus, you're right. You're exactly right, Steve. It's Fergus and Steve. I, I'm not going to tar Wenger. I'm not going to tar Wenger because Wenger gave me some of the greatest years ever of being an Arsenal fan. But you see, if, when we were getting fourth every year, you didn't have your Leicesters with all their tie money. You didn't have your Man City with all their with all their Arab money. In the early days, you didn't have Chelsea with all the Russian money. You didn't have Wolves with all their money. Liverpool were, weren't seen for years, you know. So, I, I, as I said, I'm not tiring what Wenger did. Far from it. But it was easier to get top four. There was nowhere near as many teams... Hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree. It was easier, but it was still a massive achievement. Yeah, and, and yeah. I mean, now, you've got you've got more teams. You've still got more teams with money that are all fighting for the same sort of places. So it's not. I wouldn't say it's changed too much in terms of there was more of a level playing field then. And then you look at like the the big six, seven, eight teams that have got a hell of a lot of money. So if anything, I'd you know I'd I'd say it's. I wouldn't say it's too too much much different, in my opinion. Um, well, Steve, yeah. we haven't had what Heath has. He had Bertie Mee 
and Terry O'Neill years. And I, Who's I, Terry I think... O'Neill Heath? What's that? Who's Terry O'Neill Heath? <laughs> Who's Terry? It's, there's no O in Neil. It's Terry Neil. Yeah, no. I, I thought mean... it was Terry O'Neill, wasn't no, it? No, it's Terry Neil. Terry Neil, okay, okay. Well, he was Irish anyway, wasn't he? <laughs> It certainly was, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think. Yeah, so. I think. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's been good and bad times. I mean, Trev's obviously experienced a lot, of, a lot of crap, and and I get that. That obviously, us young fans haven't quite seen the real, real, you know, dross of Arsenal, and and I, I get the point that you make that young fans have had it a little bit easier, and I, and I do get that. But um, no, I didn't yeah. say that. No, Steve, I didn't say they've had it easier. I didn't say that at all. I, I, I get it. No, 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 no. I didn't say they've had it easier because they haven't had it easier. What Different. I did say is they've been spoilt with success because we've been successful for such a long time. Yeah. yeah. But I, what I will say to you is if we don't qualify for Europe next season yeah, that's... and we go out of the FA Cup in the early rounds and we're having a mediocre league season, then you youngsters will realise just what a poor season is yeah. because you just have a game on a Saturday. Then you have another worthless game the following Saturday and another worthless game the following Saturday because you've got nothing to play for, nothing to aim for. And that is when you find out yeah. who your real fans are. Yeah, we I, used I, to get like 14, 15, 16, 17,000. Yeah, I was going to say mid-80s mid right? at Highbury, which would hold 60,000 with the standing. Yeah. Uh, 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 I think it got up to 78,000 against Sunderland, I think was the, the highest attendance ever yeah. in, in the third. But uh, in the mid-80s, oh, I think it was, as you said, thirteen or 14,000 uh, for oh, attendance yeah. in midweek games. Mate, it was, you know, it was, it was, it was when you knew where the real fans were now. Yeah. To be honest with you, football hooliganism didn't help, right? Football hooliganism didn't help because that kept people away. But we really did get low crowds. We we, we didn't do a lot, you know. And uh, I'm just looking down, you know, some of me list here now, you know. Norwich City at home, 24,000 in 1984. And 20,000 20, at home to Coventry in the league, you know. We had some really low crowds, and mm. but that's when you find out when the real fans are. And oh God, I don't want to see social media if we have a season like that I next. Year. Imagine, yeah, that would be hilarious. Well, we, we we struggled to get fans to turn up for Man City when it was snowing midweek when uh, it was all going downhill with uh, with um, uh, Arsenal Wenger. What's that? Do you remember that? That yeah, I didn't. Tu- I didn't turn up either. Oh, did you see? I went right. Too fast. No, I, 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 the the reason I didn't wasn't because I was de- uh, uh, disillusioned with the club, and it wasn't because I was fed up with the club. There was a, there was an element of that, but uh, I I was working away up north, and by the time I got back home to get ready to go to football, it was like nearly six o'clock. I was going to dump my car near Highbury. And then go straight to the game, not even meet anybody, not have a pint, nothing. And for me, as you know, football is very much more about the people around and surrounding football and everything yeah. else. Listen, we've got we've gone on for long enough. We've gone over an hour. I didn't think we'd even go on this long. And I do thank you, Steve, for joining us. No, no worries. Um, yeah, cheers, Steve. Uh, I'm- I, I would like if, if if people do want to join us, we we do uh, sh- share the link in here. Uh, it's something that we're experimenting with it's uh like our whole mantra is by arsenal fans for arsenal fans and that's the idea of these sort of things uh ideally i'd like to be sitting downstairs getting that smashed out of my head watching a bit of uh, <laughs> a bit a bit of telly and sitting with the wife and everything else but we come on here to to chat among friends but also entertain you guys so um next time if you'd like to just join the show or just message us on uh twitter at Guns and Ribbons, or uh, go on our Facebook page and uh, give us a message and, and stuff on there. Because yeah. um, this has been hard work, this one. This <laughs> podcast has been hard work. Thank God Steve come on, because if I'd have had to put up with you for an hour, I'd have been on a Valium now. We, 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 we wouldn't have done an hour. I couldn't have done an hour with you. I would have been done in. I'd have been done in with it all, let me tell you. Oh, Jesus. Right. Right. Are we going then? Yeah, yeah, I think we've got. I've got to run, run the kiddo back. He's got his dinner being dished up. All right, Steve. Right. Thanks very much, mate. See you no later. Worries. See you, Steve.
Right, Berg. You, Berg, you need to advertise this. We didn't advertise it, did we? So we're still live. So uh, it don't matter because it's nice that people are taking the time to look at us and 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 join us and talk about our great club, especially on a day like today. We've all been shocked with a lovely win, haven't we? And and long may it continue, mate. But what I just said about it is very is very true, and it crossed my mind while we were doing this podcast. If you think these seasons currently are bad, if we don't have European football next season and we have an early exit from the Cups, then you'll realise what a poor season is like, a real poor season. And we'll also find out who the real fans are, mate. Who the real you know, fans are. When, you know, when you said that, an early exit out of the Cups and you no European football, and I was saying to you, I'd rather fourth and no Europa League. And I'm thinking, shit, Jesus, that would be harsh, wouldn't it? Just like one yeah. game of football a week. Yeah, Fergus is horrible. And meaningless mm. games. If you're not doing any good in the league, they're meaningless games. You know, it's like welcome to the world of Tottenham Hotspur for the last 40 years. You know what I mean? That's that's yeah. that's what it's like. It's awful. But it won't happen because we're going to win I couldn't the imagine, Euro I couldn't imagine being, like you know, indigenous of uh, N17. It must be such an affliction. Horrible. Yeah, horrible. Especially some as people, I was born in Some N15. people know what that's like, don't they, Trev? Yeah. Especially I was born in N15, Fergus. Oh, 15, so, were you? <laughs> you chewed on the wrong crown there, didn't you? Hey? You chewed on the wrong coloured crown there, son. I, I, I thought I faded it with this little stick. <laughs> I thought I had you. Uh, I was, right. yeah, was. My place of birth was Tottenham, but it was South Tottenham, N15. <laughs> and, 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 and I'm saying no more. <laughs> That's enough. Enough, enough said. Brilliant show. Enjoyed it. I, as I said, the podcast beforehand, since half 10 this morning, it's been Arsenal, Arsenal, Arsenal. Yeah. And it's been brilliant. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. I hope other people have as well. Please click and subscribe and all that sort of stuff. Who cares? Up See you Arsenal. later. Have fun. I'm going to get drunk. You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast in the house. Arsenal fans for Arsenal Trevor's going to get drunk. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.